street epistemology is a wonderful approach that anyone can learn. Please follow me on Twitter at MagnaBosco or on Facebook and YouTube at MagnaBosco210. You can learn more about street epistemology at streetepistemology.com. Hello. You interviewed me at UTSA a while ago when I was a Christian. Thanks for that. Well, I've had many conversations with people that have discarded their faith. It's always a treat when somebody contacts me out of the blue and says, Hey, Anthony, I don't mm -hmm. believe anymore. Thanks for the talk. Yeah. Which is exactly what you did. And I'm really grateful that you, that you reached out to let me know where you're at, you mm -hmm. know? I hope we can keep in touch and yeah. be on this journey of non-belief and, <laughs> and help people that are that are still stuck in those ways. Yeah, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. That's great. Let's maybe just to re refresh everyone's memory. Um, we met. September 11, 2014, mm -hmm. on the campus of UTSA. Yeah. I was standing out there with a sign, and um, you came up. And I'd like to get into like why you did it and everything, but I'd like to more understand why you decided to reach out to me. I know on this video, the one that I'm going to show, at the end of the talk, I give you my cell phone number, mm -hmm. which I don't normally do. <laughs> Usually I give people cards now uh -huh. with an email address. But maybe from that point on I started realizing I need to give people a way to reach me and then I came up with a card yeah. idea yeah, but, card, but you messaged me like why, why did you what, what prompted you to message me well it's kind of funny because I was uh, I was going through um, going through Twitter and um, I just gotten a new one and I was on Richard Dawkins page and he followed you so um, I guess it was like common connections or something like that <laughs> but yeah you popped up and I recognized your name um, oh wow! So just sent you a message. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Very cool. The power of Twitter. Mm -hmm. So this is the video. It's it's like 18 minutes long, but I'd love it because I think what would be helpful is it'll refresh both of our memories. But then like anyone watching this video can get caught up too. Yeah. Anthony. I'm Brian. Hey, you want to set you want to set a timer for like. Five? Uh, are you, are you, do you believe in God? Oh yeah. Cool. <laughs> Wake me up in five minutes. Uh, that's cool. <laughs> okay. I didn't have a timer back then. Cool. And that's recording. Uh, Ryan, I remember being kind of nervous. Dude, I was nervous. I was nervous. Never been on camera before. How strongly are you? Let's say zeros, you know, I don't believe in 100% is absolute belief in a God. Uh, absolute, yeah. And uh, church participation uh, three times a week or so. Wow. Yeah. You go three times, three times a week anymore. Uh, well, it's a small group session. Is here. it Kai Alpha? Yes. Here on campus? Yes. Okay. I've been to a couple of the sessions mm -hmm. and I've talked with Kyle. As I well, the bearded, the bearded dude. They all have beards. I right. Uh, he's the leader. What is his last name? Oh yes, name? I know him. Yeah, yeah. Glasses. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. So, um, where are you on the scale? I missed that. I know you go three times a week. Are you near the hundred percent mark then? Yeah. No. No doubt. No real doubt. Wow. Have you always been like that? There was a time, probably when I was 
you know, between 15, 16, that, around then, that mm -hmm. I doubted, and I was looking at other religions, okay. stuff like that. Uh, mainly Islam was the one that I was interested in. Wow. But um, I never, uh, besides, like, changing denominations, I never never doubted all that. All so that. there was a little period of time where you just kind of, and that's kind of common, you know, people yeah. that are in teenager years. Yeah. But what is it that's that's bringing you to that that point, or why are you so convicted in that in that belief? Well, uh, on the logical on the logical side, I've never seen anything that's strong enough to disprove it. Wow! If you were to see something that was strong enough to disprove it, would you accept it? Um, honestly, probably no. Okay. <laughs> I mean, uh, if, so do you see it was like absolutely, completely undeniable, but I I just don't think that's possible. So why would you put that forward as something that, that Ken Ham in that debate? Hold on to the belief. If, if you would even you see, that? see something uh, that would move you down. Uh, I've got this book. That's what he says, right? I've got this book. I have always yeah, believed in it. And uh, I've always, for the most part, stayed firm in it. It's just that uh, primitive intuition, you know? That uh, you know God is real because, because he is. You know? It just seems like that. <laughs> right. Now, a Muslim might say the same thing, but they would be convinced that Allah was real, or a Hindu would, would attribute it to one of the thousands of gods that they have. Right. Someone would have to be mistaken, and someone would have to be correct in that situation. Would Not you agree? Necessarily. Really? Right. I mean, it, hmm. it, it, you think uh, a Hindu praying to, to Vishnu would be correct? Well, I. Uh, just as correct as you are in your belief? Not not as correct, but I'm, I'm saying like if, if there is a thing behind the curtain and somebody guesses what it is, somebody else guesses what it is, somebody else guesses what it is, that just doesn't change the fact that there is something behind that curtain that is real. They could all but have all, different all, But in that analogy or the metaphor, all three examples, all three guesses could be incorrect. Right. There could be nothing behind the curtain. Correct. Okay. But... Do you think that your guess, your belief, and what's behind the curtain, I don't want to say guess, it's probably bad, but do you think that what you believe behind the curtain, that your belief in the God is, you have a leg up on the other guesses? Like, you, you maybe have, you were able to peer behind the curtain, or you, you heard something, or, you know, why, why do you put yourself at 100, near 100% on that? What, what's giving you a leg up? from the other people that are trying to guess what's behind the curtain. Well, I I wouldn't attribute that to anything that I've done. I, I would say it's a largely a uh, factor of circumstance. Uh, you know, being born in a Christian nation to a Christian family, sure. stuff like that. Um, so, you know, from a secular point of view, I can see how my view would be skewed in, in that way. Like, uh, okay. I forget what, there's some sort of bias. Yeah, it's it sounds like you're saying and correct me if I'm wrong, but your beliefs are a result of the family that you were raised in? Is that what you're saying? Maybe not a result, but say, I mean, it would be extremely weird if I had converted to Islam or something like that from right. my family, because nobody else did. And vice versa, if you were raised in, in Iran, right. where they're mostly Islam, uh, Muslims, you it would be odd for you to gravitate towards Christianity. Right. It's not impossible, right? Right. But the... The, you know, again, when it comes down to it, you know, if I were to look at those three people trying to guess what's behind the curtain, if there's a, even anything behind there, mm -hmm. how would I go about, let's say I had to hedge my bet and I had to put $100 on who was correct, you know, how, what would be the best method for me to use to determine which of the three were like most likely to be correct? 
Well, um, in the metaphor, I don't exactly know that, you know, all metaphors limp or whatever the phrase is, but, you know, but... <laughs> what is it? But all metaphors limp? Limp or... Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I don't know, something. <laughs> if you want to go from the metaphor to the actual, you know, what we're talking about, right, we can certainly right. do that. Yeah, um, like, I, I, I can't recall any names or anything like that, but I recall somebody, a Christian apologist in, like, the 40s, something like that, saying that, um... You know, one just sort of obvious, hard to hard to prove, hard to disprove, but just there. Uh, thing is, popular acclamation. Like a lot of people are Christian, a lot of people are Muslim. Put them together, they all believe in God. Mm -hmm. So, just to go with the majority is one reason to believe in God. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, we're buzzing now, so we just hit our limit. Back in the day, you know, it was commonplace to bleed people out, right? Like, yeah. That's what med med medical doctors thought. Yeah. Everyone really believed that it was the best practice at the time, and it probably ended up, you know, doing more damage than good. So, can you see the, you know, possibility that even though a lot of people believe in something, may not necessarily mean that it's that what they're believing is true? Yeah, Would you agree with that? Okay. Okay. If your if your belief was mistaken in some way, how would you go about discovering it? Uh, discovering that it was mistaken. Well, I what guess method would you use to figure it out? Well, I mean, there's a logical method, like I mentioned. Well, you did mention that, but then you said that even if there was something that could be shown to move you down, that you you would discount it, right? Didn't you say that? Uh, yeah, in in a way. Uh, what I meant by that was. Uh, would you mind if we moved in the shade? Not at all. Let's go. <laughs> you, you look like you're usually getting. Dude, I probably am. I've been out here for like two hours. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. So we were talking about the logical method. Let's let's get back into that because that's interesting. I don't think I've heard that one before. Like, what do you mean by that when you say? You use the logical method for arriving at the God belief. Right. Um, well, not arriving, but enforcing, reinforcing. Mm. Uh, and one one reference that I have for this is a man named Bishop Fulton Sheen. Have you ever okay. heard of him? No. Uh, he was uh, the Bishop of Newark in... I just dropped my sheet somewhere. Oh, here oh. it is. I got it. Okay. <laughs> uh, Bishop of Newark in uh, the 40s and uh, the 40s, 50s. Like Newark, New Jersey? Right. Okay. And uh, he was one of the first televangelists. And he, he's got a whole bunch of stuff on YouTube, so that, you know, it's a free resource. But uh, he, yeah. ta he talks about this stuff a lot, and uh, you know, I, I would point you towards him. Okay. But uh, him, him and C.S. Lewis, actually. Yeah, I've read a little C.S. Lewis. Yeah. But for you, let's talk about you, Ryan. Like, what is it, what is it for you that convinces you that you've latched on to the correct God and everyone else, you know, that follows a, a different God is mistaken in some way? What is the biggest reason for your belief? Biggest reason for my belief is... I can't answer that in an eloquent way. You could take some time to think about it. Yeah. about where you ended the, the video that you posted? Yeah, it goes on about five more minutes. Sure. Uh, what exactly are you doing out here? I thought I mentioned at the start 
Uh, maybe I didn't because I talked to so many people, but I'm, tr I'm looking to find people that are really high on the God belief scale to understand how they got there. Okay. What method did they use to get to the point? Okay. Because what I found is that when am I talking to people that the method that people use to get there usually is not as reliable as they originally think that it is. Right. So if I can help il illustrate that or maybe point that out to people, I want to try to I want to try to help them in that manner. You, uh, you get me? Are you attempting to reinforce their faith or um, in some case, no, that's not my goal, but sometimes that happens. Okay. Like at the end of my conversation with some people, they might even be more stronger in their belief than they were when we started. That's not how it works for me. <laughs> and I know I just caveat this. If they used an unreliable method to get there, to get to the belief. And you'll force them to... No, I don't want to force anybody. I mean, not but, but I'm hopeful that they move down. <laughs> I'm hopeful that they move down on the scale, or at least consider the possibility that the manner that they used to get there maybe wasn't as reliable right. as a method that they thought at first. Okay. Yeah. That's sort of my that's sort of my, my hope. Okay. Some random yelling in the background. I don't think it's serious. If, let's, let me ask you this, if I had something that, let's say, you know, two weeks I come back to the campus and I see you and I'm just so excited to see you because I have something that if you, if you were, if we were to spend an hour together, it would get you to move down to the, not, to the 80% mark on your God belief. Would you listen to it? I would accept the challenge. You'd listen to it? Right. Why would you view it as a challenge and not just a, you know, an informational, why would you, would you be threatened by that? Well, I mean, you... I, I wouldn't feel threatened by it. It would just be a, you know, a, an academic pursuit, I guess. Okay. Uh, like, a, like a, you know, a goal to overcome, I guess. You would be willing to listen to it, but you might go in thinking this is something that I need to overcome rather than be open to. Honestly, I might have a little bit, bi bit of bias at mm -hmm. first, but yeah. I I can get over that. Like, uh, if, if I just take a step back and uh, get some perspective. What would you accept to move you down the scale? What would it be? Hmm. The thing that would affect me the most in that way is if I... If it could be proved to me that my specific church is wrong, hmm. that would shake my confidence. If, if I were to come back in two weeks to show you that your church was mistaken in some way, it would cause you to move down on the, on the scale of belief? I'm not saying that I have this or anything, or right. that I'd be compelled to do so, but if, if that were to happen, that would move you down the scale? It would shake my confidence, but honestly, I don't believe that it would, because I can separate the two, the church and the God. Okay. Um, yeah. But you've tied the two together, it sounds like, in your mind, where just learning that the church was flawed in some way, it would bring you down on the God belief? It would hurt, and it would, it would um, shake my confidence in them, definitely, because they're the people that I learned, learned, mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. learned this from, you know? Okay. So... What would it be? Would it be something from their doctrine, something about the preacher, something about 
Well, I'm, I'm is it you know just, if, just, if they were just mismanaging funds with just, that? Just for, just for reference, it's the Catholic Church I'm talking about. Um, so okay, you know, people have tried, and uh, I've I've done a fair amount of research, and I'm pretty confident in my church. But I could conceive of something that would sh shake my faith in the church, mm -hmm. and you know that the way I could see that going would be like I would. never been in an environment that has caused me to really doubt. If a person is so locked into a, a position to the point where even if they were to learn something about the foundation of their belief and it would knock them down just a little bit, but then they would bounce very quickly back up to the belief. I might point to that and say, well, that person has a bias. You, used, you actually used that word just a little bit ago. Right. And I might agree with that. I think that that could illustrate that the, the belief is more important than the reality of the claim, possibly. How, if that's the case, if, let me, let me just ask you, is, is maintaining the belief more important than the belief itself? I believe that the object is more important than both of them. What do you mean by that? Uh, the object of the belief, God, is more important than whether <coughs> whether I believe that He's here or not. I'm not sure I follow. Like, um, okay, so just say for the example, God exists, and I don't believe in Him. He still loves me the way that He would if I did believe. So, I'd say that that is more important than me believing. Okay, I think I follow you. All right, cool. I'll give you the last word. I've got to wrap it up and go. i got to pick up my right, kids okay. from school. <laughs> um, well, I, I would just say that I, I could conceive of things that would shake my faith, but honestly, I, I just... Not only do I have a lot of fun at church, in my church group with all my friends, stuff like that, but it just gives me such a comfort to know that I can, not recently because I haven't studied the, the apologetics, but oh, yeah. but I have the logical background and I can go yeah. get it as soon as I, as I need it. Yeah, and, and I, I don't really, I'm looking, not looking for debates and there's right. really no need to start bring, breaking out apologetics at all. Mm -hmm. um, what, I know I said I'd give you the last word, but when you, when you okay. gave your last word, it made me think of something that... I know of people that are really into a particular band, right? And they might have a tight-knit group all across the country, and they hang out online, and they chat about it, they meet up at concerts. George it gives... George Strait. That's my guy. It gives them a great feeling, right? Um, they feel good about it. It gives them a sense of enjoyment and community mm -hmm. and purpose. You're talking about jugglers? But it... But it may not necessarily be something that's true or something to base your whole life on exactly yeah. you know what i'm saying like you can still have those same feelings that i think you're getting from your community through secular means mm -hmm. through means outside of the church that's true uh do you mind if i got somebody who i think you'd have a blast talking to who's that uh, his name is and he's my small group leader in pi alpha
Okay. So uh, he's. I've actually been to a couple. Did I tell you I've been to a couple kayak yeah, things? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but he, he's just a very intense, passionate guy. <laughs> oh, um, give me his email address. Can you just type it in? Uh, I don't have his email address, oh. but. Uh, you have his phone number? Yeah. Can we uh, exchange information? Yeah. Yeah. I got a new phone too, so I don't exactly know how it all. Wait, works. how new is it? Uh, two days. Which one is it? Yeah, iPhone five. Cool. So. Cool. All right, Ryan. Thank you very much. Uh, men, Magna uh, Bosco. Magna Bosco. <laughs> is that Italian? It is Italian. Yeah, good guess. Some people look at that name and be like, "Is that Polish?" It's like, what? "Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me?" All right. Uh, all right. It was very nice to meet you. Yeah, my pleasure, okay. man. You take it easy, all right? What was your name all the, Anthony. 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 All right. Yeah, all the best. I'll see you later. Well, well, that certainly brings back memories. Yeah, Thanks for me. Me too. It's really, um, it's really humbling to see just kind of, you know, from that point almost two years ago, how much my my life and my whole attitude has changed. <laughs> Tell me about how you felt right after that interview, if you can remember it. I mean, I, I wasn't wasn't all that happy about being on camera I was a little bit shaken up <laughs> just a little bit nervous like that um, but I felt like not not too good about myself because I didn't feel at the time that I defended my beliefs all that well um, I thought I made a couple of good points but um, just overall I didn't think that I did a good job I've heard that before from people mm -hmm. after getting feedback weeks later or whatever, they'd say, I wish I'd represented myself better. Did you find yourself thinking about the talk at any point? Mm -hmm. What was that like? Um, How often did you think about it? And you're, I should preface all this. You're not going to hurt my feelings either way. Mm -hmm. There are certain things I'd love to hear, but please don't tell me what you think I want to hear. Just tell me the way that it really played out for you, please. Well, um, I had just, um, I was working at the Chi Alpha booth that they have on campus, and uh, so, you know, they kind of get you a little bit fired up while you're there. So I was uh, really you know, excited at that time, and I saw you. Uh, at first I thought you were uh, a, a Christian preacher for one of the other ministries on campus, but because of my sign. Yeah, yeah. And then I saw uh, what what the sign said. I just thought thought that was I thought that was pretty interesting. And um, at first, I kind of felt like this would be good good practice, <laughs> you know, because I um, usually whatever I whatever I believe in, I try to defend as best I can because I, I think I think that's it's important to know why you believe something but also be open to I mean keep your keep your mind open um, you walked up thinking more it was more of a challenge mm -hmm. uh, to yourself yeah 
did it end up becoming a challenge to yourself? Yeah, I mean, you, you made me made me think a little bit. Um, some of those questions, I um, the, the ones that you asked, they seem, uh, at the time, I, I didn't really, um, I didn't really think they were, like, I would think about them, but I wouldn't really consider the implications that, that you were, uh, bringing up. It's interesting, like, just how my, my whole mindset has changed ever since I, um, ever since I started really questioning my religion, um, because if somebody were to ask me the same questions now, I would actually, I would try to answer the question without already having the answer, <laughs> if you know what I mean. I don't. Okay. Um, going into any kind of debate, like, I'm, I'm sure everybody's seen the Bill Nye-Kent-Kenham debate. It's kind of like that, because... You mentioned that while you yeah, were watching your yeah, video. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of a lot, going back and watching the whole thing. Um, but, you know, Bill Nye had a lot of interesting important things to say, good points to make, but Ken Ham this whole time was, every response that he had was like, that's not true because I have the Bible, and stuff like that. He just wasn't actually considering the, the substance of the question. He was just coming at it with, with the answer that he already had, um, which is, you know, that's not true, that's not true, that's not true, because God. <laughs> yeah. You were talking about my questions. Mm -hmm. Are you saying, taking back to what, you, what your opinions of the questions were, did they, did they stay with you longer than you thought that they would? Is that what you're saying? Well, it's more that, um, it was, hey, how are you? it was kind of, kind of interesting watching it, watching the whole, the whole thing um, right now because I recognized some of the questions um, that you had asked uh, like I'd heard them later on when I started watching uh, you know secular secular videos and stuff like that from people like uh, uh, like like Sam Harris you know all, the, all those all those guys Richard Dawkins is uh -huh. the, the same same type of questions, you know, just trying to get people to, to, um, get people to think in a more, more broad, logical way. When you reflect back on our talk, and again, just be blunt, mm -hmm. but did you, did you find that the conversations helped you think more about your belief, less about your belief, no change? Um, I think it had multiple stages. At first, I felt like, uh, you know, a little bit more strong, strong-willed in my faith, because you know, I, I had, I, like I said, I didn't feel like I did very well uh, defending myself. So I was like, oh, I gotta go back to church and I gotta, uh, you know, keep keep studying, 
keep reading and stuff like that so that that doesn't happen again but then uh and it got to you know i i kind of felt like i wasn't going to be able to defend myself because a little while later i kind of realized that a lot of the a lot of the things that i come to believe were really indefensible so it, it went from like they're they're indefensible um, in in debate but they're still true and it's kind of kind of a weird way of thinking about it but um, I actually hear a lot of people talking about uh, talking like that though like just because I can't defend my belief in Christianity or whatever um, doesn't mean that it's not true so I went from that attitude to uh, well I can't defend myself because it's not true take me through that journey it was very gradual um, it, it was more of like it, it started with um, you know a couple of negative experiences in um, in the church group that I had in San Antonio and I'm not going to talk bad about them it's just a little bit of uh, a little bit of the, the attitude and mindset that they have didn't really mesh well with me um, when it comes to like I'm, I'm really really passionate about certain social issues like uh, human trafficking and you know stuff like that and so I was talking to one of my friends from that church group about that and he basically told me that all that stuff that I cared about you know, like drug abuse, homeless problems, human trafficking, slavery, stuff like that didn't matter because the end is near you know that kind of attitude what what does it mm -hmm. what does it matter what does it matter in the grunt in the broad scheme yeah. of things if Jesus is coming yeah if, if he's if he's coming any minute then then we should be spending all our time preaching the gospel and not helping people who need help that attitude really just made me angry um, and so when I left I moved to San Marcos um, and I, I mean I think that was probably enough to kind of spark a little bit of introspection um, that attitude and there were there were other instances of that as well but uh, just that kind of mindset encountering that and you know also people like Ken Ham and Ray Comfort um, hearing the stuff that they were saying just seems so anti-human sometimes you know what I mean it, it just it's so focused on you know the impending apocalypse or saving souls or whatever that you forget the the you forget what's going on here and now um, so I, th I think with a lot of people it kind of it kind of blunts their humanity it, it kind of takes away a sense of compassion that I think everybody should try to cultivate how do you identify as yourself right now? Um, secular. I, I mean, I'd be fine with atheist, agnostic, 
Um, on that same scale that I proposed 1.75 years ago or whatever, mm -hmm. where are you on that scale, 0 to 100, currently today? Uh, did you read The God Delusion by Richard Dawkins? A, a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, do you remember in the very beginning he had a scale yes. of agnosticism? Yes. It's, it's flipped. Yeah. It's 0 to 7. Yeah. And I think uh, 7 is non-belief. Mm -hmm. I know there's no God. And I think he's roughly at a 6-7. Yeah, uh, I'd say... Um, I could be off on that a little bit, but I believe that's how it goes. Yeah, I'd say I'm a little bit more towards the middle on that same side, though. So, like, a, I guess it would be like a 5.5 or something like that. Because I still... I, I think... I know I'm still working through whatever I... I'm still working through what I believe, you know. But at this point, I really am not confident that there is a god, but I'm still open to there being some sort of, um, you know, I guess some holdouts from that. <laughs> if you had to fill out a survey, yeah. and there were two checkboxes on it, believer or non-believer? Be non-believer. Yeah, I, would, I, I wouldn't, I don't think it would be possible to call myself a believer now. A lot of people that do believe will probably watch this mm -hmm. and think, well, Ryan just left for bad reasons. What would be your response to something like that? Well, what, what would you say that the bad reasons are? I don't know, so but like, I suspect people... Like I left Christianity because I was having problems with my church group or something? Maybe, like, that. like you just didn't like something in the Catholic Church and you're not, you're not really following the one true church or something like that. I, I'm almost certain that somebody yeah, that, was prepared to I put that in the comments. That comment is already typed up. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well... It's always, the crazy thing is, it's always so hard to respond to questions like that because it's like, yeah, yeah, there was certain events that happened uh, in my life that made me question my faith, but I just wasn't satisfied with having, like, um, you know, I've always kind of been skeptical. I've always considered myself a skeptic about everything, but my own religion was sort of the sacred cow. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't really allowing myself to to think about it critically at all. And it makes a sort of sense, I think, um, at least at at the the time when I was thinking about these things probably before I was 18, but the whole point of being a skeptic, like the, the end point of being a skeptic is when you find something that's true, and so, I mean, I, I think that would be a good good thing to say, right? Like, you, you can stop being a skeptic when you discover what's true, does that make sense? Do you think that you'll go the rest of your life as a skeptic? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've as soon as I started educating myself, I immediately jumped on skepticism because I just think that that's a good. Um, it's just a, a good policy for education because like, there's so many things in this life that you're taught that are uh, 
that you, you shouldn't believe. Like if if somebody comes up to you, like in a like if a somebody in authority that you trust comes up to you and says that um, I don't know, you know, like this guy is red or something like that, you'd be like, what? Wait a second. I mean, it doesn't make sense. I mean, if somebody tells you something you shouldn't just automatically believe it because they have authority and I think that's a big big problem sort of uh, just credulity that goes into a lot of um, not just not just even religious thinking but uh, thinking in general I think people are a little bit too um, either scared or maybe even just lazy to to um, get out there and actually seek the truth. Well, you weren't lazy. You weren't scared, or maybe there was some fear, or I don't know. But yeah, there was. But there you was you broke you bit, broke yeah. free of it. Mm -hmm. That's fascinating to me, because I like to have conversations with people that hold beliefs that might not be true, mm -hmm. to help shed light on that, so that they may one day discard that belief yep. or find better reasons for it. You you broke free, man. Have you heard, um, have you heard people saying that, you know, it, it's not really, um, maybe not even, like, provable that Christianity is true or whatever, but I'm still going to believe it because, um, because I have faith or something like that? Are you asking me if I've heard that? Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard it a couple and times. I think that... A lot of what goes into that was how I was feeling was just a, a little bit of um, sort of uneasiness, um, occasional fear, um, especially like with my friends and my family. And then now I know that that fear was unfounded because, um, like when when I when I told my friends and my family that I didn't believe in Christianity anymore. They asked me why, but they accepted it. That's good. How important is or was a secular community for you during this transition? Um, did you find one? Did yes. you did you wish that there was one? Tell me about that. It, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't really like anything organized. It was just that kind of for some reason gradu uh, gravitated towards a lot of people who uh, were non-believers or um, you know former Christians or former Muslims um, secular Jews stuff like that and it's all um, like most of them were um, just co-workers and you know just having a lot of time spending breaks talking with them about why they don't believe it just kind of it was one of those things that made uh, made it so that atheist wasn't a bad word to me and then also um, I I've always been a big fan of Penn and Teller mm. um, I, I really love their show and uh, you know, I, I watched that when I was like a very strong Christian and stuff like that. Um, but you know, he he talks um, 
Pendulet in his in his books especially talks a lot about Christopher Hitchens and um, I believe they were friends yeah they were friends and um, just kind of like in my uh, in my search for more knowledge uh, especially between 15 and like 21 or something like that um, I was really, really trying to um, get myself a firm intellectual basis for my Christian beliefs, but I remember thinking to myself that I wasn't really going to, um, I wasn't really going to uh, read the other side uh, because I needed to have a strong, strong foundation in my Christian beliefs before I went up against the, the. Position. It was kind of embarrassing saying it like that, but it's true. That's what you and thought. That, that, yeah, that's the attitude that I think a lot of people have. Is that like if if you want to, um, if you want to, like a lot of people have a big appetite for education and stuff like that, but they're just afraid to go into certain topics because uh, because it'll it'll shake their shake their worldview or something like that. <laughs> that's scary for a lot of people. You know. Absolutely. Have you watched any of my other videos besides the one that we did? Yeah, I watched a couple. I watched the ones with Kyle. Ah. And uh, just a few more, um, probably five or so. You may notice that I don't always just talk with Christians or Muslims. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to turn just a bit? Yes, Maybe how's this? Let's go. Yeah, let's come, come right here. It's good. We're blocking the walkway anyways. I'll have conversations with, with Muslims or people about climate change or oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, karma is a big popular topic as well. Mm -hmm. um, tell me what you think about the, the, the street epistemology approach that we actually had when I first met with you, or at least I was attempting. When I watch that, I cringe because I'm, I, I can see how fast I'm talking and it just not very polished. Yeah. Um, but... Um, You've probably seen enough examples to have an opinion on it. Mm -hmm. Do you th tell me about it? Do you think it's harmful? Do you think it's helpful? What no, do you think, think about it? I think uh, it might, like, at first, it'll be difficult to actually get somebody to consider their beliefs. But I think it's like you know, with with Christian evangelism, they um, they say you're not going to convert somebody on the spot, but you're going to plant a seed, you know, a, a seed of faith. That'll that'll grow stuff like that. I think you're kind of doing the same thing, and you know you're, you're probably not going to get somebody to be like, you know what, I'm an atheist now. But you're planting those seeds of doubt, and I think that's really important. Um, and also, uh, one one thing that was pretty instrumental to my actually becoming a vocal atheist was my friend, who I grow grew up with. Um, I knew her since middle school. Um, she was brought up uh, being a pretty strong Christian, uh, going to church uh, multiple times a week, and stuff like that. Um, and when I got back from a business trip one day, I went to go see her, and she um, she brought up that she was uh, starting to doubt her faith and that she uh, didn't, didn't consider herself a Christian anymore because it was, 
you know, there's just certain things that were too, um, too hard to, too hard to take in it, especially like some of the society, uh, like the way that it affects society, like telling, uh, basically telling, telling young girls that sex is a bad thing and stuff like that. So that was her problem with it. I have a problem with that too, but, um, so I had been having, having doubts, uh, before, but I wasn't saying anything about it. I, I probably would have been pretty comfortable, um, just still calling myself religious, not going to church, not reading any Bible or apologetics or anything like that. I probably would have still considered myself religious if she hadn't said anything about it. But just having having somebody to who's going through the same thing, kind of, um, you know, we could hash it out a little bit. Did you see yourself in her in some respect? Yeah, yeah just... Um, she, she and I both, um, both very, um, both very focused on education and, um, finding, finding out what's true and, uh, you know, the, the, the big, big thing that we kind of realized for ourselves is that doesn't really matter to us if if what you believe makes you comfortable because a lot of times the truth is uncomfortable I'd rather believe something that's true than something that just makes me feel good but isn't thank you very much yeah, no problem. you want to get a bite to eat or something yeah, we can sure. talk about something completely different sure. okay Street Epistemology is a technique by Dr. Peter Bogosian in his book, A Manual for Creating Atheists, and his Android and iOS app, Atheos. Mm -hmm.